value-based care is probably the future where you have to show outcomes for the money you're spending. And if you're doing a lumbar spine MRI and the patient's not getting better where they could have gone to PT and gotten better more quickly, you don't get paid. Mm. Um, hmm. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that's probably what's going to happen. If healthcare is broken, who's working to fix it? I'm Dr. Charles O'Malley. And I'm Dr. Justin Geisinger. This is More Than Medicine. All right, welcome to episode two of season two. Uh, Justin, this week we have a very special guest. He's one of my best friends. His name's Dr. David Saul. He is a radiologist uh, who graduated from Drexel University with me. He then went to the Drexel University College of Medicine. He has done a residency in diagnostic radiology with a fellowship to specialize in pediatric radiology. It was uh, my thought to bring him on to kind of follow up on some of the stuff we talked about last episode with regards to pain. So I, I thought it was an interesting way to kind of tie that in. Yeah, let's also not forget he's looked at a lot of images. Yeah. A lot of images. Yeah, so he, he brings a very unique perspective to kind of this idea of how pain does or does not correlate to what we see on an MRI or a CAT scan, things like that. Yeah, he's definitely looking at things from a whole different lens, uh, figuratively and uh, literally, than what we do. Yeah, definitely. But I think it complements what we do uh, very Absolutely. well. But it was it was interesting to me some of the tangents we got off to though because I thought we'd you know spend some time talking more about the radiology correlation with PT. But he had some really interesting things to uh, to talk about there. Oh yeah, we definitely learned a lot out of all that. Yeah, so I hope you guys learn a lot too and uh, enjoy the episode. All right, with us today is Dr. David Saul. Thank you for joining us, Dave. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about radiology today. That's a very exciting topic for everyone listening, I'm sure. But there's some really cool things about radiology and how it kind of relates or, or sometimes doesn't relate to function. And so we're going to get into that uh, a little bit. But Dave, I want to start off with, uh, with a question. Uh, what does being healthy mean to you? Because that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. And that's kind of our, our question uh, this year. Yeah. Um... I like that question because it's very pertinent to where I'm at in my life right now. I've been thinking about that a lot as I've started to age. I'm as old as you, which isn't too old. Uh, you're a couple weeks older. That's true. You're right. I'm feeling it. Right. Um, so at this point, you know, I have little kids and pretty much being healthy to me means that I am in little enough pain or discomfort on any given day <laughs> that I can do all the things that I want to do. Okay. Um, so you just try to stay healthy enough to meet the bar, to be able to pick up your babies, mm -hmm. play some basketball. And Perfect. if I can do that and my back's not killing me, I feel pretty healthy. All right. Excellent. Um, so, you know, we're going to talk about your work here a little bit, but it, you know, Justin, I know you kind of had this, uh, random question for Dave and I, I just loved it. And I thought we would, uh, kind of lead off with that. The, the random object. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I have two questions and separate them as you wish uh, what's a day in the life of a radiologist look like but also have you ever come across something like whoa look at this on this image like 
I can't believe this guy is still alive, or how did that get there? Um, so, in, in some way, answer those questions there. Yeah, that's easy. It's the best part of the job. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm glad those two are grouped together, because I think uh, you have to kind of talk about one to make the other make sense. Um, so, in general, when I tell people I'm a radiologist, they don't know what it is. Mm. And uh, that's true across the board. You even don't think in, like you're a radio host or something. You get radio host, oh, x-ray, wow, x-ray tech a lot. Okay. Um, sometimes people think it has to do with like radiation therapy oh, or yeah. like working with nuclear material, which it kind of does, but I don't. Um, do you have superpowers? Um, no, actually, I'm like mediocre or below average in most things that I try to do. So the but, comic books are wrong then. I mean, I think I'm good at radiology. So okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We have x-ray vision. Perfect. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. No, that's okay. Um, so one of the things that I think is kind of funny is that every part of healthcare in just about every field relies on radiology. So without knowing it, what you do probably depends a lot on what I do, or is at least very like tied into it. We're involved with just about every field of medicine and, um, it's critical for orthopedics, neurology, physical therapy, you know, emergency room stuff. Uh, if you're a person and you've ever been sick, you've probably interacted with a radiologist without knowing it. Hmm. Um, and then the other side of that is, even though you don't know what I do and you don't see me, I see you and we see a lot of weird things that people do. Um, so I don't know how graphic I can get on this, but... Very, please. Yeah, <laughs> oh, right. a- absolutely. Well, like, like PG-13, we'll say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the favorite foreign object stories always involve some combination of like a food item or a drink container or a household appliance and wow. some form of genitals. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and uh, the story, you know... And every- these people are all still living. Oh, yeah. You see most of that weird stuff come in through the emergency room uh, and everybody lies, you know, like <laughs> light bulb up the butt. There's like a meme on the radiology websites of like a Coke bottle of uh, someone's butt. I don't know if that one's actually real or not. And then we kind of share them back and forth. Um, a really crazy one that I saw at my hospital was a an entire pencil in a kid's throat. Well, wow. And like whenever you see that, the first question is always, does he have an older brother? And the answer is always <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have no idea how they managed to do it, but he got like an entire number two oh pencil gosh. in his little brother's throat. Wow. That was crazy. And, like, are we talking, you know, a toddler or, like, a school-age kid? Like a four-year-old. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so good luck with that. Yeah, now I'm really glad I had an older sister, not an older brother. Well, maybe he was training. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, we don't have a sword, but we have a number two pencil. (laughs) Man. One other crazy one, if I may, was... uh, please. Saw a kid with worms. That was pretty disgusting. Wow. Like, what kind of image was this? Uh, CT scan. Cat scan of the belly. Yeah. Just, just filled with worms. Filled with worms. Wow. Man. Yeah. How does that happen? Uh, it's actually surprisingly common outside of the states and third world. I was gonna say, yeah, was he traveling outside of the country, came he, back. He and... wasn't. He was just a kid who was on chemo or something. It was oh, immunosuppressed. Okay. Oh. So he must have picked it up and just was immunosuppressed long enough that it grew. And wow. It was like crazy. We don't see that kind of stuff around here that often. Yeah. That was not the right environment for worms in the stomach. Yeah. Wow, still have nightmares about that one. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
So that's kind of your your every day. Your uh, maybe well, maybe not every day, but kind of the day to day. What's the future of radiology look like? Like where where is it going? Um, that's a great question, and it's something that we debate amongst ourselves. Um, so the short answer is AI, but hmm. the the answer as to when that's going to happen and how big a role it's going to play, like everybody disagrees. So if you work in AI, um, I heard somebody say to me the other day that like AI is going to replace me in the next three years, mm. something like that, which I don't believe to be true. Um, you know, I've I've worked in hospitals that are just like so far behind like even current technology it's hard to imagine bringing in crazy stuff like that i think it's it's probably more on the order of decades okay but we're starting to see it in mammography ai has been around for decades it's just not great Mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of investigation into ai for like tumor segmentation and um like measuring organs and surgical planning and stuff like that so that's probably going to be a big revolution if anyone ever figures out how to make it scalable. It's just proven to be a lot harder than I think was thought when it started like 10, 15 years ago. So it's taking a long time, but I think that's probably going to put me out of a job at some point. And when you say AI, do you mean just kind of computers using algorithms to determine what's normal and what's abnormal? Or? That's the goal. That's the whole okay. drill. Like if you can run a CAT scan through an algorithm and have it tell you, Everything that's normal and abnormal, and what of the abnormal stuff matters and doesn't matter, hmm. then you put me out of out of work, <laughs> and they could probably do it a thousand times faster. It just it's not nearly good enough to be used right now, and like nobody's figured out <clears throat> how to improve the performance enough. Because if you miss like one out of a thousand cases, and your hospital gets sued every time that happens, like your uh, hospital's not going to exist. Sure. Yeah. So. Uh, that's actually a really nice segue talking about normal versus abnormal because, you know, this is all really interesting in kind of getting to learn what a radiologist does because, like you said, I don't think people really understand how integrated radiology is in medicine now. Um, but there's also this aspect of, okay, you can have something show up that's abnormal on a scan, but does it impact function or does it impact health? And can you kind of speak a little bit about that? Because I know you've talked with, you know, some orthopedists and things like that about, hey, just because we find some arthritis on a joint doesn't mean we need to go to a joint replacement right away or, or things like that. So can you talk about the correlation or sometimes lack thereof between uh, a scan and a, fu- and a functional body? Yeah, absolutely. I, I could talk about that for weeks. That's something I really feel strongly about and I've given thought to for the most part you never see these people right like you only know these people by their image yeah yeah so we get an image with some history which says like pain or nothing and then we have ten thousand images on them on Mm -hmm. their mri or we have a handful of x-rays with with no detailed history on what's actually going on other than that they have some discomfort somewhere or it, it, you sometimes don't even know if it's, uh, so I work in a pediatric hospital, you get an x-ray of a knee. You don't know if the kid hurt their knee that day or if they've had pain for years. Hmm. And that makes a huge difference. Um, so you don't get that information ahead of time. It depends. Oh, sometimes sometimes, sometimes do. we do. I've been okay. in places where um, you get nothing. And I've been in places where sometimes you get a lot of history. Okay. Uh, like orthopedists tend to write pretty detailed notes. Okay. 
Whereas if they come from an outpatient primary care provider, we get very little, hmm. um, which is also kind of tricky because you have to read them with sort of a different index of suspicion. So like if I see, if I get a knee MRI from an orthopedist and he says they have lateral joint line pain and I don't see anything, I think I'm probably missing it and okay. I need to look again. Uh, okay. If I get so a normal... biased already. Yeah, which is, you know, is... I know bias is kind of a four-letter word, but it's also very helpful because it helps you understand a little bit about what the doctor's thinking because we get such limited history. So hmm. you have to use your intuition a little bit at times. Um, I wanted to circle back to what the actual question was, and I just forgot what the actual question was. <laughs> so the question was the correlation or, or lack thereof between oh, yeah. what shows up on a scan and how the person actually functions. Yeah. So um, you sent me the questions ahead of time with that uh, VOMIT acronym, which I found very funny because somehow I have completely missed that oh, really? throughout my career. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So for those of you uh, out there who aren't familiar with VOMIT, uh, VOMIT is an acronym um, for Victim of Medical Imaging Technology. Um, and basically what it is is it's it's this skeleton or, or, you know, and, uh, talks about, you know, there's little arrows pointing to different parts of the body and it, it talks about, oh, you know, 40% of people with, uh, you know, knee arthritis don't have pain. And, and so it just kind of gives a nice little, uh, in infographic, I guess, if you will, uh, regarding this topic. So for those of you go, just go out, Google vomit, um, and uh, imaging or, or something like that. If you just Google vomit, well, who knows just, what you'll get. Just to give you a, a quick example of a victim of vomit, uh, I've had a couple recently, uh, you know, the, they get the image ordered for, let's say, just an x-ray of the knee because it's an older gentleman with knee pain, and the orthopedist walks in, oh, these are the worst knees I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It's just nothing mm -hmm. but bone on bone. Yep. Or the worst I heard, I had a woman come in crying because the the and he was a, primarily a knee surgeon, uh, and she had back pain. I don't know how that happened, but he told her that uh, he didn't see a way out of it that didn't result in surgery. Uh, she was fine after six weeks with some PT, but oh, again, man. she was like crying, depressed. It's like, you know, our words matter. And then when you have these images that may or may not back up the pain that they have, it can be really detrimental. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's a nightmare when that happens. And, uh, it upsets me because I see it in what I do and not just orthopedics. I know that's um, most closely tied to what you do, but I can give examples from other fields too. Like in, so I, I used to work um, in adult hospitals for about six years. I've been in pediatric hospitals for the last five and you see the same kind of stuff. So we'll have a child come in for maybe a CAT scan of the belly and you get just the bottom of the lungs and there's like a tiny lung nodule or something. Mm -hmm. And that almost never means anything. Like there's normal things in lungs that look like that. And there's like data showing that you shouldn't image it, you shouldn't do anything with it. But everyone is so afraid of not working it up. Mm -hmm. And in that one in a billion chance it turns into be cancer, you know, you go to jail and get sued for a hundred million dollars. So they get a CAT scan on the kid, the parents hear the word nodule or lung nodule, they go to WebMD and find lung cancer, and then they're convinced that their four-year-old baby is going to die in the next month right. from lung cancer when it's just like a normal 
lymph node or some result of having a cold a year ago or something like that. And it drives me absolutely crazy um, to the point where I've been thinking about trying to like get involved with a radiology society to put some guidelines out there or something because hmm. we don't have it. Hmm. So okay. what happens with, with all that stuff is that what I think, there, so there's two issues. One is that a lot of what the public doesn't see is what drives the physicians to overwork up all this stuff. So you have a lot of covering yourself. Like yeah. So there's a lot of pressure on the legal side. There's a lot of pressure on the insurance side. And um, in all the medical digests, you see articles about someone getting sued for like $30 million for missing a pelvic sarcoma uh, or whatever. I have a colleague, uh, this doesn't give anything away, but um, was it like a teenage girl who had a normal lymph node in the back of her knee on an MRI. And five years later, she developed a, like a synovial sarcoma, which is a really aggressive mm-hmm. cancer in kids. Yeah, And she got sued for that, wow. which is completely ridiculous because you can't possibly tell everyone to biopsy every lymph node in the world. Like it right. would be a healthcare crisis. So that's the kind of stuff that drives this. And then if you, if you don't, you know, describe someone's disc disease and it turns out that they actually have back pain related to it, you know, you get, you can get dinged for that. And a lot of people are afraid of it. So that's the one side of the problem. And then the other side of the problem, which, which I think the, the, the vomit acronym and information is awesome. You know, that would have saved me countless hours of explaining throughout my life. (laughs) Um, but it's true. So there's, there's research on the bulk of medical research shows that, you know, back pain, for instance, correlates really badly with MRI results. And you guys probably see that mm-hmm. all the time in your practice. You can find a paper or two that says it does correlate, but I think you really have to kind of cherry pick your patient population and what they present with. But like all the imaging guidelines say, don't image for uncomplicated back pain. Like don't image for uncomplicated headache. And right. people to, do it because they're afraid. With yeah. a good story about that. Maybe, Please. Maybe, Charlie, you've heard of Stanley Paris and yeah. his low yep. back. Yep. Uh, so for those of you who don't know Stanley Paris, he's like one of the patriarchs in uh, modern physical therapy. And he had a panel of neurosurgeons and he showed an MRI image of a back. And you could see that it, there was lots of degenerative changes there. And, you know, across the board, he asked them all, how many of you would operate on this back? And it was unanimous. I forget the number of surgeons, but they all said, yep, that is a candidate for surgery right now. And then he started to dance across the stage and said, <laughs> now what if I told you that's my back? And then there was a lot of crickets. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So imaging yeah. alone, now we're talking like back in the late 80s, early 90s, I believe that was. But there's, again... The imaging didn't match the symptoms. I love that story. It hasn't changed much. I mean, I I think we all have stories like that. I have a friend who teaches um, that Brazilian martial arts. Uh, jiu-jitsu? Not jiu-jitsu, like the dancing. Oh, capo- capoeira. Yeah, yeah okay. and he's like the most fit guy I've ever seen. He has the most heinous cervical spine mm. you'll ever see. It's like a, a pinpoint, and he's got like cord impingement at all these levels, but he's like f- phenomenally functional it just doesn't correlate um but i think a lot of people feel pressured so if you're sure. if you're like a primary doctor and someone comes in with back pain 
your options are tell them to go home and like exercise and lose weight, which nobody wants to hear, mm. or you image them <laughs> and then you find all kinds of things. And like, or, or the converse, like I've had back pain for years and I snuck onto the MRI scanner one day when a patient canceled on me and like my discs are beautiful but it still hurts. Mm -hmm. it, it's just not the right test to figure out the problem. And I think that's much more in your guys' realm than the imaging realm. And it's a shame because the patients are kind of caught up in it and they don't know sure. what to, to do with that. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's scary. People bring their MRI reports into PT and, yeah. you know, oh, what's this word that starts with an S and it's got 37 letters after it? And I'm like, oh, a spondylolisthesis? Yeah, that's no problem. We, and we explain what it is. Mm -hmm. and, but that's a really scary thing to see. And, and so, you know, I don't know if you have any suggestions about how does that become less scary? You know, is there a way, aside from, because, again, what Justin and I see so much is we're putting out fires. You know, it, it's yeah. like Justin's uh, story of, oh, these are the worst knees or the worst back I've ever seen. And people come in freaking out like they're broken, um, you know, or, you know, or they bring us this MRI report. And, and I thought it was really nice how you summarized it of like, look, I'm just trying to do my job. I don't know what exactly I'm supposed to see, but it's my job to point out these abnormalities. And, and you're not trying to scare the person, um, but you're going to get dinged if you don't put spondylolisthesis on there even though it's mm -hmm. a ridiculous giant word that nobody knows what it means and then if you google it you've got six months to live um you know if you go down the rabbit hole far enough so how how do we make that less scary for people so in a in a perfect world if i could just snap my fingers we live in a culture where people are more risk tolerant and not as alarmist about you know every finding without necessarily knowing what it is that's not possible um, you could go back to the paternalistic form of medicine where the PT gets the report and the patient never sees it, but that's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, some more realistic things, if you're lucky enough to know a healthcare provider in your personal life or in your family, mm. you know, then fortunately you can ask questions, but a lot of people don't have that luxury. And I, I personally think it's, it's terrifying if you don't have someone like quote in the medical in your family because a lot of people are lost and it could be more uh, terrifying when you google it yeah you know, like, yeah that's oh, the worst like, thing. that's the worst yeah. thing you can do but here's also another fair point mm -hmm. I mean, all three of us can probably speak to this if a family member asks you something how often do they listen to your advice Ooh. no never yeah. <laughs> my father-in-law calls me to ask me questions about his own medical stuff and then interrupts me and tells me <laughs> what he thinks the answer is i'm like why are we having this conversation yep. Yep. every time same it's a fun oh, dance. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty magical. <laughs> um, so there there are some real resources out there. Uh, it's not built up probably as much as it needs to be, but from the imaging standpoint, the American College of Radiology has patient information on their website, which is helpful. But it more explains about what the tests are. Um, there, something I've thought about that I think would be really useful, like moving forward, would be if we can somehow get some sort of radiology clinic instituted uh, where people can come discuss imaging results. Hmm. Um, I have no idea how you could possibly find the manpower for that mm -hmm. or scale it, uh, but perhaps some, um, you know, online question submission database and somebody scrubs it every day or something would help. But what, I think, I think, do it, you think like telehealth could be an option? Yeah, for that? I, I think something like that would probably be best. Okay. Places are starting to 
toy like some of the bigger academic hospitals like I think are starting to toy with that idea. Okay. It's just hard to do. Um, sure. But they have clinic for um, interventional radiologists, which is the procedural side of radiology, mm-hmm. and they've managed to do it. So I don't see why the diagnostic side couldn't <laughs> do it. Because I think there is there is real measurable healthcare cost from putting out findings and reports without having any recourse for the patient to come ask. Because then someone else is going to explain it who might not necessarily understand whatever the thing is that you described in your report. Right. Like we get calls from primary doctors and it's very frustrating because they can't be experts in everything, but mm-hmm. patients come with these crazy diagnoses. Yeah. I was also going to say about that, I was reminded of a story. Charlie, I think you remember this. Uh, it was a hospital system out in Washington mm-hmm. or Oregon. And so part of what you were saying, I, I always think kind of about the, the money behind it driving it as well you know because these images they, they cost a lot of money mm-hmm. but then they also then generate a lot of revenue for systems um and in this hospital system out on the west coast what they found was that they were ordering imaging almost immediately but then they get no intervention for maybe another 15 to 30 days you know whether it was going to be uh you know something other than pain medication so people were missing work. This is based on a workers' comp uh, study. And uh, so what they did instead was they had physical therapy be like the, the go-to next step, sometimes even before imaging, except for maybe real extreme cases they had imaging. And what they were finding was patients were returning to work so much faster, mm-hmm. images were never being done, but then the hospital system was about to go bankrupt because they didn't have the charges for the MRIs, for mm-hmm. the CT scans and things like that. Uh, so then they had to look at it and overcome it from new challenges in that standpoint. But that's just something I never thought about, that the, the, the money involved that could drive imaging. The healthcare policymakers are thinking about that. Okay. Um, you're on the right track. There's something called value-based care, which is coming down the line. Yeah. Um, which you may have heard of. Is that like then. maybe Medicare-driven? Yeah. So I think, so the old model is called, quote, fee-for-service. Mm-hmm. Every study you get, you get paid for. Mm-hmm. Value, value-based care is probably the future where you have to show outcomes for the money you're spending. And if you're doing a lumbar spine MRI and the patient's not getting better, where they could have gone to PT and gotten better more quickly, you don't get paid. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's probably what's going to happen. I don't know when. I mean, these kind of things take like well, decades. sure, yeah, yeah. But it's it's nice to know that you know these things are being worked on because yeah, yeah I mean it's, awesome. you know, I I have a patient recently who had uh, lower abdominal pain, six different CT scans over the course of wow, four months. That's, that's nothing. We see it's ridiculous. Twenty. Wow. 30. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh man. Now okay, and with this technology idea here, do you see anything else coming along? down the pike, like maybe real-time CT imaging or something, you know, like where a patient can move and you can see what's going on, you know, because most images, it has to be stationary, right? And then... Yeah, we have that, though. Or anything else really cool coming, you know, aside from x-ray goggles um, and stuff. Well, so there there is real-time x-ray. That's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. That's called fluoroscopy. Um, and you just do low dose x-ray over time. You can see how somebody moves like orthopods mm-hmm. use it a lot to reduce fractures and stuff in the OR. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just trialed out a new 
3D goggles like a couple weeks ago. Oh wow! Yeah, for, <laughs> it was really cool. There's a, I don't remember the name of the company, um, so no free advertising. But uh, they had a platform which was like a you know small television screen size, and you would put on these 3D goggles, and they give you a little stylus, and then you just bring up the patient's chest CT or like abdominal ct or whatever study and you can use the stylus to like spin it around and like oh, peel wow. back layers of tissue and scroll through or like dive into a vessel i mean that's that's essentially what iron man has uh it's way in tony stark's office and he's manipulating all those now. images yeah that's ridiculous yeah it was it was really cool um i think we're actually gonna get it so it's gonna be oh, awesome oh man the funny thing is it's not useful at all for what i do okay <laughs> like it's it's just like pretty pictures and decoration and like it's just all for show but it's it's helpful for the surgeons and it's really helpful to explain things to families and okay. patients okay so, so it's um, a teaching tool in addition to diagnostic or yeah. okay yeah, but behind closed doors, the radiologists like get all snooty about it. And we're like, "Oh, here's toys for the children. <laughs> Go play, have fun." That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, because we, you know, we always joke the one of the best things about being a PT is all the toys we get to play with. But man, you guys get some really fancy toys. We have some pretty neat toys. That's one of the things. One of my favorite things. I mean, it kind of is a superpower in the cheesiest possible sense, <laughs> yeah. but. It is incredible what you can diagnose, mm -hmm. things that were unheard of 30, 40 years ago. But it also comes with a lot of responsibility, you know? So with the, the new tools and things, <clears throat> are there any other trends that you are seeing as a population? Like, wow, we are finding a whole lot more of fill in the blank. If there's this trend yeah. in a bad way. There's a lot. Um, so from a very recent standpoint, um, we've seen a, a staggering trend, like upward trend in vaping injuries recently, which is now probably what one of would the most... a vaping injury be? Uh, so I, I have no idea. I, I've never vaped. No, I. Um, so uh, like e cigarette. I mean, it's not like they're sucking it down their lung. Like getting yeah, caught. is it? Yes. Like, wow. Yeah, you are inhaling. You're inhaling. No, no, I meant like the device. You know, that's what oh, I'm Oh, no. <laughs> no. But I did, I injury did the other week. In their throat, in their lungs. No, but okay. we had a 16-year-old girl try to hide it behind her back on the scanner, and she didn't realize, like, x-ray sees through you. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to see what one of those looked like on a CAT scan. Um, no, vaping injury is an epidemic right now. Yeah. It seems to have cooled off a little bit in the last few months. Haven't heard as much. Right. But, I mean, it's... It has exploded, and we see a ton of that at children's and adult hospitals. People so coming what in. What are the consequences? Like, what what's happening? So, it's kind of interesting. Like, some proportion of them come in with cough and respiratory symptoms, but a lot of people seem to be coming in with these weird GI symptoms, almost like they've been like kind of poisoned by pesticides or something. Oh. Like a lot of vomiting and um, uh, um difficulty eating and like chronic weight loss over a couple weeks um and that's been kind of surprising we're not sure exactly chemically why mm -hmm. in terms of what they're ingesting but um we're seeing a lot more imaging for that so chest x-ray and chest ct with really sick lungs um and you know that does kind of help guide the therapy for these kids but you know you can't stop them from vaping it's just picking it up so that's a trend we've seen the other really massive trend it, it's 
which is pertinent to what I do in pediatrics, but adults too, is just the obesity epidemic. Hmm. Um, we see so much obesity-related disease, and it's a real challenge also for the technology because there's, there's weight limits on the table. Hmm. Uh, there's limits to how deep into a body, like, photons and electrons can penetrate to actually get an image hmm. mri is like that. a nightmare because uh the the magnetic field gets all distorted when you have someone's too much girth. skin touching like the side of the gantry like the sure the, the machine um yeah and sometimes they just don't fit it right everyone has like old funny stories about like sending patients to the zoo Oh have, yeah, no. I've I've scanners. literally oh, wow. had patients who had to go to the veterinary hospitals and things. Yeah. I've I've literally had those patients. There wow. was a story that at Philly, somebody went on their scanner and like transmitted a staph infection to the animals, so they had to like oh, no. stop doing it. I don't know if any of that's true, but okay. So yeah, I'm seeing a ton of that. There's a whole field dedicated to obesity, bariatrics. How many yep. diseases have their own field? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, no, because the, the hospital I used to work at when I was in Philly was a bariatric specialty uh, rehab hospital. And so we literally would have to send people to, um, you know, the veterinary hospitals and things like that if they couldn't fit on the scanner. And it's, it's yeah. not only is it difficult from a medical perspective, it's embarrassing for the patient. Oh, it is. You know, I mean, that's, that's you have to take in the... the patient perspective of it as well, you know, I mean, and, and that furthers their depression, which a lot of times is, you know, tied to, to the disease as well. But, um, but yeah, so there's, there's a lot of layers to it and, um, you know, kind of circling back to this idea of pain, you know, that, that also, when we talk about the psychological impact of, uh, something like uh, obesity or even the scary MRI reports or, or anything like that, there's, you know, kind of this notion, and, and Justin spoke a lot about it in, in one of our other episodes after he went to the course on pain research, but it's this idea of a biopsychosocial model uh, of pain. And so, you know, the bio being, you know, how, how the person is put together, you know, and that's the part that you're seeing uh, mm -hmm. on the imaging. How much, I don't know if it's in schooling or continuing ed or anything like that. Do you guys get as, as a physician uh, and as a radiologist about the psychological or the social aspects of, uh, you know, kind of the pain experience or, or what people feel um, in really in relationship to their disease, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, an orthopedic injury or, or, you know, cancer or anything like that. To be honest, not a lot. There's a little bit of education. It's not great. And the, Quality and amount of the curriculum varies widely across schools. Um, I mean, I went to a school that had probably a little bit more than most, but still okay. very minimal. And I can say from direct experience, I've seen, you know, my own teachers uh, interact with patients and give them diagnoses in really, like, cringe-worthy ways. And uh, I don't think that skill is well-developed in doctors across the board at all. Um which is a shame. I don't know how you fix that. How much can you possibly learn in med school? But um, I think that's uh, that's been a challenge for a lot of people. I think you learn that also as you get older. I see a lot of young people kind of walk in and stumble through like giving difficult diagnoses to mm. parents. And sometimes you have to smooth it up. Okay. Um, so is there anything that you feel, because I know we've kind of focused a, a good bit on, I don't want to say the negative, but like some of the things that, that our professions struggle with. 
what do you feel like we're doing really well? Like, let's try to end this on a high note here. You know, what, what things are we just really, you know, crushing? What are, what are we doing well for people? I think there's a lot that we're doing well for people. Um, so in terms of our professions intersections, I think, uh, I mean, you guys could probably say better than me, but I think we're diagnosing serious treatable injuries quicker and more accurately and getting people back to play or back to work quicker than they ever did before. Or even saving lives. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you know, picking up acute spine injuries and getting them to the appropriate treatment because the imaging is better and faster and the, uh, the management, you know, is, is more um, robust. You know, the, the evidence is more robust than it used to be. Um, I think these things have come a long way cancer therapy is light years ahead of where it, it used yeah. to be just to use an example that you mentioned yeah um so i think we're doing really well and i think that that would probably be what i would close on people need to just sometimes take a step back and realize how good we have it and how much better it is than it was for our parents yeah mm-hmm. i mean if you had back surgery Ooh. when our parents were young yeah i mean you could be, be crippled paralyzed yeah. yeah and it's really good now and cancer is no longer a death sentence i mean mm-hmm. you can tear your Achilles if you're Brandon Brooks and be back playing football in a couple months. Like it's, it's amazing what people can do now. Yeah. So we just need to take all the good things that we're doing, but make it a little less scary. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Watch our words. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Well, Dave, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and and kind of explain a little bit about what you do as a radiologist. Cause yeah, it's, it's kind of a a little bit of a, an unknown. You're just kind of hiding out in your little dark room with your computer, right? I'm Batman. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Keep saving lives. But you're doing some really important uh, work in that, in that little dark room. So I, I think you guys do probably more important work. Eh. touch people directly but i appreciate the compliment it's a team effort yeah Yeah, absolutely excellent well thank you dave thank you this was awesome thanks a lot we hope you enjoyed this episode of more than medicine for more information about this podcast who we are and what we do please visit justin's website refinemove.com and click the more than medicine tab Once again, that's refinemove.com. Thanks for listening.